Welcome to BusinessWorks. We hope you're having a great day, and we're going to try to make it even a little greater by sharing some information we have uh, that we started with in our last program, and that's about words that leaders use. Leadership reality is that when we come down to how we represent ourselves and our business interests or our professional practices to others is the determinant of whether or not we're really going to grow. No matter how great the economy is or isn't, it has more to do, business growth has more to do with how you represent yourself and your business. Johnny, uh, Johnny Stites and I, this is Hal Alpiar, we're, we're going to be uh, addressing this a little more today and see uh, how we can tie together some of the comments from the last show uh, with this as a second part. Uh, Johnny, people who regularly incorporate the use of words, specific kinds of words in their conversations and in the written messages seem to me to be among the most successful leaders in business. I thought, you know, we, we're both looking at this list here. Maybe we could talk a little bit about the, the magic part of this. Uh, and how does that work? An ex easy example is there are people in our society today who do not use correct English, and they don't use it because their family didn't use it. Because you they mean grammar? Grammar. Yeah. They don't use correct grammar. It's a better way to say it. And so they they don't know any better because nobody ever taught them the importance of it. Right. But it does hurt them because there are many jobs you could not get a, a start in using bad grammar because it makes it look like you don't know what you're talking about. Or it's easy to make mistakes and, you know. Yes, it is. And, and people hear the wrong thing. And I know people who have their entire careers have been hampered simply because they didn't use the correct syntax of the word or they didn't use the correct grammar and it was just bad language and so we have to make certain that the way we speak is not perfect but that it's perfect enough that it doesn't distract from the message that we're trying to so get So we out. have to learn to think first. We do. Before we open our mouths is really what I hear you saying. <laughs> and I, that's good policy because that's exactly what the Bible says. All right. Think first before you speak and you'll certainly not look like a fool when you speak then. Well, I think, you know, people, we need to be willing to raise our own consciousness uh, about whether the words that we use every day are actually helping us perform to the best of our ability or not. This list uh, we're going to share with you gives you an, a feeling. The words are words that I guess I would categorize as positive uh, and they go in a positive direction. And I think probably for every positive word you hear, you, you'll be able to think of a negative one and, and maybe question yourself about when was the last time you might have used either of those and give some thought to that. Uh, so if we can get started with just going through this, take a couple of minutes and, and review some of these choices, um, I think it will be helpful because it brings an awareness up to the, the level of being conscious to, to talk about this. And if you think about this in, in relation to your own business, the words that you use with your, your employees, your customers, your family, your friends, how do they impact your business thinking? And how do they, what difference does it make? So maybe be thinking about the answer to that. Um, and and I, I would probably pick the first word, um, 
as the umbrella for all this in a sense, and I'd say opportunity. Opportunity is a great word to use um, it, because it, it is positive in its what it implies. And, and everybody likes to have an opportunity of some kind. So, so that's a particularly important word in, for example, the hiring process. When you're sitting down talking to applicants for a job, talk about the opportunities connected with the job. That's what is going to appeal rather than, you know, how difficult it's going to be or, what, you know, how there will be times when you'll have to struggle. Uh, you know, opportunity is a, a very important word going forward here. Johnny, you have uh, another one or two or three here that you can – Well, I was thinking as we were talking about this, that we shouldn't be misunderstood because – we all know there are comedians who've used bad grammar, bad language, and they use that as a way to um, to bolster their their image and bolster their persona with the people out there. I remember there was a comedian who was uh, cast himself as a redneck hick, and so he spoke like that. Uh, Jerry Clower was his name, and Jerry Clower would tell stories using terrible grammar, but he was such a good storyteller that it didn't it affect. Worked. It worked. But that's what he focused on. That's so he what he focused on. It he would, worked at doing okay. it. And if you just talk to Jerry Clower as a normal individual, uh, he didn't use that same language. Uh, another was Jeff Foxworthy, mm-hmm. who used that language of, of rednecks right. to, to sell a lot of, Records to sell a lot of discs. Records that tells you how old I am. <laughs> to sell a lot of discs. Records. What are those? And, uh, uh, and it is so like seventy-eight RPMs and. Things. But he did. He did uh, understand and use words that he had well thought out. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't. I, I don't mean to say that you're terrible if you use a bad uh, grammar every now and then, because we all do mess up occasionally. I'm just saying there are circumstances that you need to make sure that you're not letting your language, your your grammar, your English, if you will, you're not letting that stand in the way of your success. Right. We're going to take a break here for a minute. Uh, This is Hal and Johnny on BusinessWorks. So thank you. Hi, welcome back. This is Hal Alpiar with Johnny Stites, and we were talking about words that leaders use. Johnny just brought up uh, a little phrase that's really important. Do I understand you correctly to mean? And I, you know, I, I used to teach, uh, when I was uh, teaching, uh, I used to teach the students to, to use those words every time that they were uh, trying to uh, rebuttal with somebody instead of coming right back at them with an opposite perspective. Repeat first what you thought you heard to make sure it's like checking uh, to make sure that you did hear correctly what that other person said. Because but it, it, it also you, Hal says that what you said is important to me enough that I want to be sure I understood it correctly. Right, right. So before you criticize somebody, you're saying to them, "I hear you, and I want to understand that." what you're saying accurately before I speak about it. Yeah, it also takes the edge off of. Uh, uh, anger and when people are upset about something and and the examples that come to mind especially uh, uh, an irate customer who comes into your business and uh, 
is is in a storm of emotion about being upset and they're they're throwing out well this product didn't work right and this did that and you did that and you said you'd do this and 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 what you need to do to calm them down is just use that sentence do, do I understand you correctly to mean that we did not accomplish this or that or and that you were upset about the way this worked or didn't work and you know, and and rephrase it for them, yes. and and see if that is the correct thing that they mean. What happens is you take the wind out of the sails, and and so you're calming the person down and kind of forcing them to really think about what they just said. And it also lets them know he does understand me. He mm-hmm. just repeated it back to right. me. Or if you got it wrong, they're gonna say, "No, I'm not mad about that." So you don't address the wrong issue, right? Which and, is important. And so when you're talking about things like that, it's okay to to uh, use uh, inclusive words like us and we and our uh, and, uh, you know, our, our goal is to please. Uh, we we want to do this. Um, let's, let's talk about us and how we are accomplishing these things. It's all fun. We can enjoy this together. Uh, we don't have to be upset. We're going to work this out with you. There are just a lot of different approaches to that kind of uh, problem solving, which is a key point in leadership. Um, again, coming back to words and how we use words. Exactly. Another one I like is authenticity. In today's world, when we have so many people who who are not real, who are not honest with themselves or the world, Authenticity is important. Genuineness, some, that those words that bring out of people their real essence of who they are. And if we if we know that, that's why we do a lot of times in business these uh, uh, evaluations that tell us what personality type we are. Right, right. And so if I can understand your personality type, then I know how to relate to that better, and you can know how to relate to me better. And we used it in our business. It was helpful to understand that I'm not a detail person. I'm a visionary. I'm a person who's looking at the big picture from thirty thousand feet. So don't tell me how to build a how to build a clock when I ask what time it is. Right. So uh, having that genuineness and understanding of people, I think, helps us in our business goals and strategies. Uh, as we move forward. Right. And this drills down uh, beyond just the words that come out of your mouth. But if you, Johnny's talking about authenticity, um, it is – it you know, authenticity is, uh, is very related to integrity. And um, my definition of integrity is, is doing the right thing even when there's no one else around to notice. The idea that you you think and act in ways that are positive and productive, and it doesn't matter who's whether somebody sees you pick up the litter or not. Um, you just pick it up, you know, because it's litter, and and you don't have to have a reward at the end of it, you know. Um, so that's real integrity and, um, and authenticity and genuineness all rolled into one. And it's a, it's a small point, but it's important that you don't have to have recognition for these things. Well, in business, you're never going to have authenticity until you have trust among the team members. And you may not have recognition. That's right. <laughs> so it's important as, as a part of a team that the leader of that team uh, um, make it absolutely abundantly clear that everybody 
needs to be trusted and has trust in this team. And if you have a team to trust each other, then they don't mind being vulnerable. They don't mind being uh, criticized. They don't mind being authentic with the group. So, so actually there are uh, uses of words in putting together the things that represent the business, the objectives and the goals and the strategies and the tactics that, that a business moves forward with. And how do you emphasize those things? Um, how do you – it really comes down to how often you use those words and, and that you keep things in a positive mode even when you're not feeling positive, even when things look like they're stacked against you or against a, a customer or an employee or someone, uh, a partner, an investor, whatever. Uh, you, you turn the table. You, you, do, you do the uh, integrity thing. You act no matter whether someone's paying attention or not. You, you emphasize that the words like goals and strategies and tactics uh, need to be specific. They will move your business forward and that they can in, include positive thinking as part of them as as the mainstream of them. So it, it is to do that with everyone in every situation as much as you possibly can. It's hard to get to this too, Hal. Even in our churches where you would think everybody would be on their best behavior, you have people every Sunday saying, how are you, Johnny? I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. Everybody's fine. We're all fine. Nobody has any problems. But the good book says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Why? That you might be healed. It's in being authentic with each other. It is in being honest with each other. It's being trusting of each other that we achieve happiness and we know there's recently in our news there have been people of great notoriety who have hung themselves and people say oh my goodness oh my goodness how can this possibly happen it happens when people aren't being authentic in their own lives and they're living a lie or they're living uh, an illusion of who they are and you hate it for them because they don't have to be there. They don't have to go there. We're going to take a little short break here and uh, be back to you in a minute. This is Hal and Johnny for BusinessWorks. Welcome back. This is Hal and Johnny. Johnny, you were during the break here talking about responsiveness as a word. Right. Being, being responsible, having the right kind of behavior, the right kind of spirit, assisting people, invigorating people, being responsive. I heard a, a guy say, in his meetings, what he would always say to people in the meeting is, if you do not say anything, then I'm assuming you're disagreeing with what I'm saying. So it forced everybody in the meeting to, to say what they were thinking. And as a result, he benefited from all of their thinking. Because some of the smartest people I know sit back. I was at a board meeting one time, and I, I went to the back of the room after the meeting. We'd been talking about real estate. And there was an expert on real estate who had more real estate in the city of Dallas than anybody else. And he never said a word about real estate. And I went back there and I said, what are you doing? You have to be responsive. You have to help this nonprofit that we're working on here because you have so much knowledge. And you sit back there and let other people do the heavy lifting and you don't make any response. Um, and he said, you're right. I should speak up more. But I just thought 
so other people were doing a better job, so I didn't say anything. Um, reminds me of 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 the difference between who and and how many when you're addressing a group of employees or uh, customers or whatever to say uh, who 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 out there has uh, had this experience. Um, you're not going to get much in involvement, but if you say how many of you have experienced this situation, you'll see hands go up, and mm -hmm. nobody wants to be the who. Nobody wants to, and so that very subtle difference in how many and who, uh, when you're addressing a group of some kind, will get you different results. But um, it also teaches it teaches us how to take that which we've learned in one scenario and use it over into a different part of our lives. Right. It, like this man could have taken what he learned in his business and used it in the nonprofit to great advantage for the nonprofit. I agree. That's great. Um, and and I, you know, we could go on with this. We have a list about three thousand words, <laughs> but but you know, this is what it's about. Um, and and so as we apply some of the use of words to concepts and to how we envision things, um, I wanted to refer to a. A blog post uh, by a friend who uh, uh, Peggy Salvatore, who is a, a subject matter expert. Expert. She writes about the expertise of subject matter experts, and so she uh, very cleverly, I think, took an idea of career longevity and matched it up with um, planting and gardening, and and shows that. Um, uh, if you can rotate plants in season, for example, after you've harvested the value of your education and experience in one career, use that bed of knowledge to prepare for your next adventure, be it volunteerism, consulting, or starting an enterprise of your own. Your prior experience will help lessen the chance for failure. So then she goes on and some other you know points here. And I, and I think this is a kind of a, a fun pursuit because – Johnny and I are both uh, old plants, and uh, um, you know, but we haven't dried up yet. We've still got some good soil left, and uh, we blossom. Um, and uh, and I think that uh, people who may be listening now who are thinking about retirement um, and but are not sure, maybe they want to do something else. Then try it, do something else, because that's the only way you're going to find out whether or not it's comfortable for you. Um, but don't give up all of your knowledge and just let it sit on a shelf somewhere. Right. Right. The things you've learned, um, the Bible says the old should teach the young. Well, it's not because we're smarter. It's because we have experience that right. we can teach them. Hey, and you don't, don't have do to be this. a teacher in front of a classroom to no, teach. No, you do not. You can you do, do that one-on-one. -on -one. There are a lot of ways to do that. You, could, you can mentor youngsters who are having trouble in school. There's a lot of ways you could do it. Um, you could help at a nonprofit um your experience volunteer in organizations yeah correct yep. and we're in the volunteer state folks so you know and that's what she's talking about i think in her blog is that we have a chance to take the same lessons we used in one venue and apply it in a different venue right well and she says one your new business doesn't mean giving up your volunteering one thing may lead to another that's right um uh, the the other points she makes I think are kind of fun too. When planting late in the season, choose plants that can be enjoyed young. When you embark on an adventure completely new to you, choose one that you can enjoy immediately, like learning a few chords on the piano that allow you to play a simple three-chord song for immediate gratification. 
Um, that that's not bad advice either. Even if you're a leader of a, an organization already, you know, it it kind of gives you a fresh perspective. Um, she talks about switching varieties for switching weather. As your life changes or as your mind, your body, your emotions change, be prepared to try a new hobby, a new interest, or a new career path that's more in tune with who you are becoming. Um, you don't have to settle for who you have been and what you have done in the past. This is a chance to uh, blossom all over again in a new way, and, and that's kind of fun. Um, and I can say that with some authority having <laughs> uh, retired three times for about a day each and, and um, you know, because I love doing it. It keeps you young, doesn't it, Hal? Pardon me? It keeps you young, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, I like doing what I do and, uh, and I've, it changed what I've, do, what I've done and I, I change it now um, even as we speak because when I think back, you know, I, as a career, as a professor, and then as a writer, and then as a consultant coach, all of those things had different dimensions, and each of them led into another. And I never abandoned one for the other. I still do a, a little teaching. I still do a little coaching. I still do a little writing. I do all of those things, but I do them now in a time zone that's more comfortable for me. Some of the saddest people I have known as they get older are those who just do um, the same thing every day. Like if I had to get up every day and play golf, as much as I love golf, I think I'd get really tired of that. I think you need to have a purpose for your life. You need to have a reason to get up in the morning that's above trying to um, just play another round of golf. And there are other uh, – fishing could be another one. There are other hobbies that people choose – they're not bad, but the thing that makes fishing and golf and travel special is that it's not done every day. It's special in your life. Um, going back to Peggy's points here, she, she wraps up by saying, Life is indeed our garden to nourish, grow, and enjoy. With some care, you can reap harvests throughout all its seasons as you continue to mature, contribute, and participate while sharing your unique gifts, talents, and experiences to leave everything better than the way that you found it. Invite your colleagues. Invite others to participate with you. And um, I think that if you do all of that, you're going to have a much happier existence. than And set a great example for yes, the youngsters coming example. along. Yeah. So thank you, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you, Johnny. We're going to wrap up here for uh, this session. We look forward to seeing you on uh, the next go-round, and we're going to be talking about leadership uh, in a different context. So now you've had everything on words, and we hope that you have a terrific day and use lots of authenticity. Thank you.